Welcome to the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Corey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Gotro. And today in the podcast studio, we have a first-year comic. We have somebody who is still developing potentially their first five minutes, their first tight five. Uh, I've been watching this guy for a while. He has a distinctive style. He has really been impressing everybody in the scene, definitely including me uh, lately. And I uh, just really wanted to have him on. Uh, it was a quick decision. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Brock White Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Insert more applause here. <laughs> it's good to have you here, man. I like the camo pants. Thanks, dog. This is my best outfit. You know, I picked mm -hmm. it out just to be here. You Hell know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I know Wu Tang, you're <laughs> connecting with this guy. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Man. Wu Tang's big for me, bro. Like, mm -hmm. uh, for me, that, that's my whole style of comedy is Wu Tang. Mm -hmm. Like, Wu Tang's more than just a rap group, bro. It's yeah. like a. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, and if you study Wu Tang enough, you understand what I'm saying. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But, uh, yeah. So, translate to learn comedy. when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll check it out, dog. The Rizzo, the Jizzo. <laughs> well, he comes up, it's kind of like wrestling. Like, Wu Tang comes up, that big, it's a big group, right? Mm -hmm. They come up a lot in, in people's comedy, and it does feel like something I'm like, all right, maybe I was a, they, 90. I mean, they got started in the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, late 90s. The reason why they're not as mainstream as they should be is because they went on stage and said, like, fuck uh, whatever the big radio station was at the time. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't get radio play. So right. Wu-Tang was too raw mm -hmm. to make it like N.W.A. made it and like some other rap groups might have made it. But mm -hmm. they are the premier rap group yeah. altogether. Bro. And, and that's, you know, mm -hmm. it's a whole style, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll have to check him out because like I just I can't be this fine this far behind the curve. All right, so I wanted to cover a lot of stuff. I wanted to first of all, you're you're a part of a group of people that have just started their first year in the Lafayette comedy scene and have already kind of made like a stronger impression on people. And so I wanted to kind of just from your perspective, what has it been like to be a first year open micer in Lafayette? Man, so like for me. I'm, I looked it up before I came here and I'm not even six months yet. I think I make six months sometime like mid-December. Mm -hmm. But I have been studying comedy and been such a fan of comedy for so long. It's been five, six months of being on stage, but almost like a lifetime of yeah. me wanting to be on stage. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's been fun, man. The community here has been like amazing. Uh, it seems like a place where I could truly be myself, mm -hmm. where anywhere else I'm at, I can't be me. Yeah. But out there on that back table after a mic hanging out with y'all, you know, I could be who I really am. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, so were you always drawn, like, it sounds like you were always drawn to some sort of performance, but was it always comedy? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Always comedy. I am untalented in like <laughs> everything else. If it was mm -hmm. my way, like I said, Wu-Tang, I would be rapping or something, right? right. But mm -hmm. I can't rap, and uh, comedy was was a big thing for me. I always thought I was funny, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you get more pussy doing music. It's like true. Rapping that. or being in a rock band? Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But yeah. I do hope to still, like, get pussy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm into that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> man, we can't. Can't just th toss that aside. That's right. So, uh, well, okay. So, okay, so he needed to make sure to yeah, go the on the record. I've been giving up. I'm married, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. if I do well at a mic, I get it extra good that night. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it yeah, works. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> we don't know what that's like. But that's, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah, your mic, your wife comes out to the mics. Uh, Drew, yours has come out a few times. She's known for being yeah. like a good hang and, you know, a good person to have around. My wife, 
she she kind of stays away. Like she's like, oh, you're gonna go do something. I'm gonna you know like take advantage of the opportunity. I'm gonna make out the plans. I'm gonna do this. She's really into like home based stuff. So she might. It's whatever it is. It's usually gonna be something she's doing here. But whatever. The point is, she doesn't really come out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So people don't even really know who she is. Yeah, it's mysterious. I'm not sure she's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, so, you know, you know, we we do have a reputation for having a good scene here. I think it is a very nurturing uh, environment for for young comics. Um, I don't think it's the only good scene. I really I wish we had more time to go out to New Orleans and spend time there. Have you because you went you went to, with Jason to Dragon's Den? Yeah, uh, I did. I went weekend. to Jason's with Dragon Den this weekend, and before that, I made a point to hit. I've hit Carrollton Station, mm-hmm. open mic on Wednesdays out there a couple times, and I even did stand up in front of a bathtub at a bar that's currently closed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the New Orleans scene is cool, man. It's different than Lafayette for sure. I feel like uh, it's more big city vibes. You know what sure. I mean? There's like more wacky people, which is mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but also you, I got in trouble at some mics over there from like people in the audience after like wanting okay. to tell me. And I've never had that experience in Lafayette or Baton Rouge. You is know? it kind of like a, hey, like monitoring what you should be saying on stage? Yeah, yeah. Like they were okay. offended by something I said, yeah. which I never experienced before yeah. in New Orleans. And it could just be me, but I associate with that scene now. I've only mm-hmm. ex- might, that might be racist <laughs> or whatever it is to be <laughs> anti-city, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. But yeah. uh, and Baton Rouge, to me, after Lafayette is my favorite spot to go, man. Okay. That, that station room's a blast, mm-hmm. and they got a lot of they got a lot of good talent out there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lake Charles is pretty fun too. Yes, it's absolutely. Just a smaller town, absolutely. Than Baton Rouge or New Orleans. Yeah, Lake Charles will surprise you. The first time <clears> I went in that room, I was like, oh no. Like, there's people eating wings back there. They don't right. want to be here. But there's also mm-hmm. tables right in the front, and there's people that show up that want to be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even yeah. if you have just a few people, they want to be there, and they have right. a good time. It's know? better than their last open mic. Their last open mic was rough, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Lake Charles's only mic for a while was at this uh, place in the downtown area. What was it called again? Panorama. Panorama. I mean, it was a cool place. Yeah. Not knocking the place. Yeah, great. But venue. it wasn't built for comedy. The people there were not there for comedy. Right, right. Some woman wanted to beat up Joshua Jordan. Nice. She was because he said uh, something like people from Alabama are stupid. <laughs> and she, <laughs> Come on, and she was outside and she just heard that and came in like, would you? And like wanting to fight him and stuff. Damn. She's got yeah. a lot of people to be mad at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like you didn't know. Also, Joshua <laughs> Jordan versus a girl. I feel like you got Yeah, this that. is a tough woman. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fair fight then. Like yeah. Match match. It wasn't like she was, it wasn't like in the, at some point she thought like, you know, am I, is, is this, am I going to become a person who fights? Right. Like she already she was. She was yeah. a person who this fights. This wasn't yes. going to be her first fight. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's seen a courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been Joshua Jordan's debut. In other words, we don't know how he'd have done <laughs> under that kind of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Joshua Jordan. Um, so, okay, Baton Rouge has got a good scene. You're, you're still kind of getting acquainted with the Lake Charles scene. Uh, what about getting booked on shows? Because I, w- I want to say you've gotten booked on the Ghost Roast. Yeah, right? just recently, man, I got booked for, I think I have it in my phone somewhere, but I want to say like the 21st mm-hmm. in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just got strong, uh, Stone Drunk Sober, mm-hmm. and that's the Saturday after that, somewhere in like January 27th, I believe. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, in Baton Rouge at the station, actually, mm-hmm. which I'm pumped about because like I'm used to that room. 
Yeah. Whereas I think three three seven would have been a little bit intimidating for mm-hmm. me. So at least my it's my first like real showcase. Yeah. So at least I'm in a room that like I know. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? How I, much time are you doing? Ten minutes. Good deal. Yeah. And I just if a funny story. I just figured out what the first five meant the other day. <laughs> so Jason tells me like you got to do it right, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, all right. Well, now I got to figure out how much time I have because I have stuff that works, stuff that doesn't work. But I never really tried to put it together into a set. So mm-hmm. I start putting it together and I make a bracket and I write first five. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that's what it is, man. I'm real dumb, bro. People don't know that, but I'm not that smart. Oh, dude, I don't pick up on stuff. I well, so so talking about that. You probably breezed past your first five. Like some people, it's slow and and you're you know you maybe write a bunch of jokes, but you're like not happy with most of it, and it's tough to figure out how to get a where you can always do five minutes and it's in your back pocket all mm-hmm. the time. You're about to do ten pretty soon. So do you remember when you realize I at least have five minutes where I can get up and do? Any open mic can be. <clears throat> so I'll be real. I'll be real honest, bro. I have a weird confidence about myself. Mm-hmm. So like the first time I did five minutes at an open mic, and I had come to shows for like a year more. Right. I've been going to shows since the beer garden, right? Okay. And writing jokes even to myself in my phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the first five minutes I do at Legends Downtown. I'm like, surely Jason will approach me and then book me for the next Stone Drunk. So right after this, right. I imagine, you know, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. So, uh, I and to be honest with you, the five minutes that I did there, I'm almost doing that five minutes just much better. Yeah. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that like the jokes, uh, my joke writing evolved, but my performance had to evolve. Yeah, you got to get on stage. I think I, like in a lot of the jokes I write, it feels like like a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll all vomit out in like a 10, 20 minute session. Mm-hmm. But then when I look it over, I realize, dude, I've been saying this shit to my friends for 10 years, right. not knowing it was a bit just because mm-hmm. I like to make people laugh and say mm-hmm. outrageous shit. Mm-hmm. And now I just got to figure out how to make it funny to regular people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, And you prefer a bit of a shorter format and punchier jokes, right? Yeah. I think, uh, in my opinion... For a first year comic, you need to learn how to write jokes, set up punchline, set up punchline. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite, uh, I got a comic, it's corny dog, but I got a comedy playlist. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's hip hop music that gets me in the mood to do comedy. And one of yeah, my favorite uh, quotes <laughs> from a Drake song is Lil Wayne. And he's like, I ain't like these R&B singers. They're coming in the studio like, who's going to be the feature? Who's what's gonna be the hook? He said, "Come in the bar, come in the uh, studio with clips, ammo, you know." Mm-hmm. And so that's how I see comedy. Like you need to come up there and don't be bullshitting these people, trying to tell them a story like you, David Tell. You're not David Tell, right? Come in there and be funny fast, mm-hmm. or especially at an open mic, yeah, and be funny fast for a year or two years till you got two hours of where you being funny fast, mm-hmm. and then you could put out specials where you funny fast, and then you could tell people fucking stories. You know, but until then, mm-hmm. don't disrespect this audience. <laughs> Come in here with clips, ammo. I mean, you know? for the most part, I think it depends on your skill set, but it is a good. The overall point I think you're making is like before you start dunking the ball, like learn how to dribble well. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, learn the basics. Learn the fundamentals yeah. of a joke. Learn how to write jokes. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's Dave Chappelle right away. Right. Even Dave Chappelle wasn't, bro. You know, and I like personally, I like the old Chappelle when he mm-hmm. was still developing. I like the come up. You know, yeah. that's when I think mm-hmm. comedy's at its best. Mm-hmm. You can tell me stories later, and I'll listen to you because mm-hmm. I watched your come up. Right, you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that serves people well. I, I think 
I think, I don't know, I don't really make a lot of comparisons between the two of us, but I do think that we both kind of approach jokes with more of that. Let me stretch this out into about like a one to two minute joke. Have you, have you noticed that pattern at all in terms of the duration of your jokes? No, they used to do a lot of them. A lot mm. of jokes I still do as like a lot of jokes would run somewhere in that two minute ballpark. And most of those jokes now are, they're like a minute. Gotcha. As I've you been doing them, they've gotten tighter. But, but, and but like a lot are... of the shit you don't, <clears throat> a lot of shit you don't need. I wouldn't mind. Sometimes I'll try to write down things I think that are funny. And another, I have like different notebooks with different things in it. One notebook is just premises and like just possible punchlines that in these punchlines don't fit in anywhere. I will go look through them every every now and then and try to see like can one of these funny things be a tag to add to a joke I already have to make the joke better. You know? Yeah, 100%. It's weird how that stuff works out. Sometimes you have like a dumb joke that you were like, oh, that was a dumb joke. And then like a month later, you realize, oh, I could fit it over here. And mm-hmm. now it's not dumb anymore. Now right. it makes sense and it's yeah. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Or know? even just like you want to... You don't want to, you want to cut the fat, but you do want to have time, but it's like, you don't want to purposely make a joke longer to, to make up time. But at the same time, it's like, I heard some, someone describing the other day, like the best comedians are someone that like, when they're finished with the, a premise or a topic, there's nothing left of it. Right. They'll pick it apart and they'll take it at every single angle. So it's like if you're trying to just keep everything as short and punchy as you can, I mean, you still want to do that, but that doesn't mean that you can't do a six minute bit on fucking, I don't know, taxi cabs or I don't, I'm just, na- or whatever yes, it is. Yes. Where you've, you can take something. It's even better if it's a, a normal everyday thing. And you can find every single thing that's mm-hmm. funny about it and to and just tear it apart to where there's nothing left yeah. for mm-hmm. anyone else to say about, you know? And that that's how I hope my comedy progresses, right? I yeah. hope every of my one minute bits I can turn into a three to five minute bit, you know, just mm-hmm. like you're saying. Yeah, or even like now we have a thing about like if someone we see someone else have a similar premise to ours, we're like, damn. Like if you get to a certain point. You don't give a shit who's doing the same premise as you because they're like, yeah, there's no way. Well, sometimes gonna, there's man. no way they're they're gonna they're they're gonna say they're either gonna say something I they're gonna say something I already said, but I said fifteen other things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they, I, sometimes I watch professional comedians and they got my premise and they do it and it breaks my heart. It makes me not want to do the bit anymore. I'm like, yeah. oh, they already found the joke. Mm-hmm. That I that it took me a month to find like the baby part of that joke, and they found the big joke. Yeah, the angle's you know more what important I mean? than the premise, though. Yeah, because I can tell you right now, we're gonna ha- you have to share premises. There's too many people yeah. writing jokes and saying things. So yeah. I could see trying not to do a premise that is being overdone, but simply hearing a premise that you because I I mean I kind of used to think that a lot of somebody had a premise like. The, kind of a similar premise or the same premise as mine i was like fuck and then it's like all right well you can't do all original premises yeah there's no way it would would needs to be good 
is the angle. Absolutely. Like you have to come at it from a, a way no one else has yeah, thought. You your know? unique perspective. Right. It. Especially yeah. with the hive mind that we all have now with social media and everything. We're all thinking the same, not even on purpose. Even the yeah. ones of us that are trying not to. We can't help it, you know? Yeah. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Agree 100%. I've really heard some strong arguments on both sides. People that'll say, oh, as soon as I hear somebody else might even be thinking about writing something that's similar to me, I'll throw it away because I want to be a unique voice. Some, some. Yeah, well, mind. yeah, eventually you'll have no material. Yeah. Yes. Because there's just, I, there's no way you're going to think of a fresh, brand new premise. Yep. Yeah. And comedy's unique. Or topic, art, anyway. In that way where you get criticized for that, where like nobody's like, man, that band kind of sounds like Nirvana. Fuck them. Right. They're yeah. like they're like that band kind of sounds like Nirvana. They were influenced by Nirvana, but if a comedian is influenced by another comedian, suddenly they're stealing. Suddenly it's right. it's theft. And mm-hmm. I guess because it's such a personable art, and you're talking, and you can only say those things one time, and you can't repeat it a million times. I don't know what it is, but in music, there's nothing wrong with being influenced. And uh, if you're a painter, there's nothing wrong with being influenced by Jackson Pollock or Picasso. Yeah, well, that's the only way you, you know? get better shit. Exactly, but in comedy, it's scrutinized for some reason. It's odd to me. Yeah, no, but you already kind of hit it though. It's 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 the the it's what the art form is. You know, the fact that we're just up there, kind of like saying yeah. our thoughts and stuff. It's supposed to be unique in, in a way that. But but I think it's kind of bullshit because I think you're absolutely right. You you're going to be influenced by people, uh, and for some reason, it's just going to be a little, picked a little apart a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, the good thing about it though is I've kind of figured out that. It's a thing that people pick apart before when they haven't really gotten on stage. Like I've I've been a lot more like I used to be like militant about like joke stealing till I started like writing jokes and doing comedy and stuff. And uh it's very easy to say something to come up with a joke and it'd be very sim like almost the same joke as someone else's joke. You know what I mean? It's not organically. Mis- you mean? Yeah, organic. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's parallel. Because most of the time, if I'll hear a comedian in the local scene, and if I hear two people do something that's very similar, almost the same joke, usually it's not a hard thing to think of. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's kind of usually it's something that everyone, most yep. people have thought of already. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's more like. It's not so much joke stealing, it's just not good joke writing. Exactly. You yeah. have to consider maybe that topic is hacky. Or maybe yeah. that yeah. joke is hacky. Like just consider mm-hmm. now. Sometimes hacky jokes are still funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just is mm-hmm. what it is. But consider it, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't really been coming across that as much lately. But it was definitely for a while there. I was writing so much different stuff. And I would I would just especially at the station, I'd be like, damn, there's so many comics getting up tonight and it's just inevitable that one of them's gonna we're gonna cross the streams. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, no big deal. Uh so do you so the ghost roast, who are you gonna be for ghost oh, roast? Oh, this is fun for me. Uh one of my heroes, personal heroes, Hunter S. Thompson. Okay. Uh, one of the greatest <laughs> authors of all time, one of the greatest personalities of all mm-hmm. time. And it almost feels unfair because I'm just going to inundate myself with Hunter S. Thompson for a month. I'm gonna read the Greg Shark Tank again. I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch uh Fear and Loathing in Las yeah. Vegas and I'm just gonna steal all of his lines and repurpose take a bunch them. Of, take a bunch of masculine and- Yes and also uh, I am a method actor. It's the only way I know how to act. Yeah. So there will be some LSD in my system because it just does that's how I perform. Uh and I feel sorry for whoever I come up against. I really do because it's not gonna go well for them. 
I'm going to be doing um, the Lake Charles one, the second one that they're doing at Lake Charles, and I'm going up against um, Stephen Hawking. Oh, nice. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be um, Steve Jobs. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I feel like that's a joke writer's dream, Stephen Hawking. Like, Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot. To, I've already kind of come up with a couple of funny angles, so I'm looking forward to fleshing those. Well, the good thing is it'll be easy to beat up after the show. <laughs> yeah, if you can't beat him yeah. in, in comedy, <laughs> yeah. you can beat him in other ways. Those ghost roasts are cool, man. Is that a completely original concept that John Merrifield came up with? I don't know. The, the, I've never, I haven't seen it anywhere, but I don't know. There's so much stuff out there. I, I think the origin story that John tells is that he came up with it in the kitchen at Central Pizza. Mm. And that's, it sounds like an original idea. I've never seen it before. Yeah. And uh, man, I had my doubts. When I went no, to the I first would, one, I was like, man, I don't know how this is going to go. I, don't, I would hate to be in the middle of, I would hate to be inside John's head while he's making <laughs> fucking pizza. At Central, like, dude, oh I my, took a road I'm trip. I'm going to get scary, dude. I took a road trip with John Merrifield to the ghost roast in Lake Charles, and he never stopped being John Merrifield the entire ride. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was amazing. It might be fun to be in his head. <laughs> I was listening to, um, I was watching a movie, and Jason Schwartzman did voice acting for this cartoon character and i was like this sounds an awful lot like john oh interesting jason schwartzman he kind of sounds like like there's some similarities between them no and i can't think of the i can't think of the guy's voice right now you ever see scott pilgrim Mm -hmm. remember he's like the the dude the i know who you're talking about i just can't think of his voice right now yeah they kind of remind me of one another can you think of a more well-liked domestic terrorist than john merrifield though because i can't you know yeah. <laughs> like for that guys dude. that the government's watching he's great <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, live- he's 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 gotten in a lot of trouble and i don't really i don't feel like he's really doing very much other he's literally just like talking shit online right? yeah i delivered some flyers to his house the other day and the police stopped me out it was wild <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> I mean, I would have to feel like, though, like, once I would be like, this son of a bitch, we got we got to get him. Once I would, like, start following him around, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> it's okay. This guy's suffering enough. <laughs> There's nothing we can do to him. He hasn't done it himself. He's only hurting himself. Very true. Yeah, he's walking a central pizza in the fucking sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor John Manfield. Yeah, man. I'm gonna go there Saturday night and eat there. Uh, my my wife's gonna take me there for my birthday. We're gonna have wings and pizza. Oh hell yeah! Happy early birthday. Yeah, thanks, man. It's gonna be good. Uh, we love John. Uh, I do think his cool his his show idea is cool. <laughs> so, Drew's like oh, whatever. Uh, but no, I think his I think his show idea is cool. I, basically, if you don't know, uh, if you get booked on the show, you have five minutes to. Uh, you have to choose your own character and then you don't have any choice in who you get put up against. And that other person chose their own character and they're basically taking on the persona of somebody who is, is dead. That That's all. That, that's the only thing they have to do is be hopefully a known person who's dead. And then you have to write jokes as your person to roast the other person. And then whoever wins that roast, which is chosen by the audience applause. Uh, they get to do a five minute set of stand up and they can do it as the character they chose or they can do it as themselves. Oh, I'm also going to do. I'm coming back for Ghost Roast mm-hmm. this month in December because mm-hmm. I won in October. Mm-hmm. So then it's we come back and battle the people that won Lafayette. 
in November. So then I'm going to be doing the Baton Rouge Ghost Roast in February. Mm-hmm. So I've decided in Baton Rouge to be a different character. Gotcha. So I'm going to be John Gotti in Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> because I started thinking, I was like, man, this David Koresh thing is fun. But if I, if I, eventually I'll be doing Ghost Roasts in Lake Charles, in three places at least, you know, that they're, they're doing Lafayette, Lake Charles. Mm-hmm. If I do it for all three, I feel like I'm not going to like this character at a certain point. You know what I mean? Right. It's going to get stale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so, running out of material eventually, and yeah. it just won't be as fun. And I was thinking, like, a John Gotti would be fun. Because, like, mm-hmm. whenever the others are wrote saying stuff about you, they make you, like, sit on that stool. Mm-hmm. You know, or even when you're not on the stool, when you're sitting in the back, you know, most people can see you where everyone's going to tell at least one joke about you. Then the person that's roasting you is going to tell a few. So... It could be fun, you know, and so it's just like, whoa, you know, like, whoa, hey. You know? Like, well, it'd be fun trying to hear you do an Italian accent. Yeah. I'll say that. I was, I was working on it last night. All right. Yeah. I'm sure your wife enjoyed that. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I got to see. I'll shave my goatee and I'll. Keep oh, that, bold so they, move. So I'll keep the hat at home. Interesting. For this. Damn. Interesting. Well, it doesn't take that long to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think but you're gonna that, look like Eric Foreman without your goatee. Well, you can't be John Gotti <laughs> with facial hair. It doesn't yeah, work, true. you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, he was a gang star. So we talked a little bit earlier about influences and how it's inevitable you're gonna be influenced by people. I know you probably had some comparisons made uh, to um, Mitch Hedberg, for example. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about it, and like the first maybe one or two times that I saw you get up, I was like, okay, there's obviously an influence there. But then after I started listening to your jokes, I was like, you write very much from your own voice already. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it doesn't take that long to to hear your comedy to realize you you're already carving out your own thing. You're not stealing from anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um do, does does do people bring that up and and does it bother you when they bring it up? Uh, at first it bothered me, but now mm-hmm. it doesn't because of like what I told you earlier, I kind of yeah. that's what I've told myself over mm-hmm. all this time. And also man, I know I'm not like Mitch Hedberg because right. uh I'm I, I'm like braggadocious i'm not mm-hmm. afraid of the crowd i love the crowd i love the camera i'm mm-hmm. not self-deprecating you know right. what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm also don't do heroin i've only done it one time which i think is something to <laughs> yeah. be proud and you of. talk about black people i talk too. about black people i don't people, think i've ever saying? heard mr henry talk about, talk black about people. gays a lot yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and also uh what i think is great about comedy is what's been like therapeutic for me is like i said it's the most i've been able to be myself mm-hmm. right but somehow you almost have to find yourself again on stage yeah which oh, has yeah. been therapeutic for me like who mm-hmm. am i really and i actually mm-hmm. put real thought into that and mm-hmm. i'm trying to find my own voice yeah and i know eventually that mitch hedberg little cadence will dissipate because right. i won't be nervous anymore and i'll be comfortable being me Mm-hmm. on stage you know yeah, what i mean so i just dude. put it out of my mind and mm-hmm. hey at least you're not comparing me to like you know uh carrot top or right no offense but i don't have props you know <laughs> i'd be a poor comparison do you, do you, have you thought about any other influences that that are in there that you think maybe people are not picking up on oh 100 percent, man i'm influenced by urban culture i grew mm-hmm. up i grew up in the black community i grew mm-hmm. up you know liking comic view and and black comedians like you said he still has a sticker on his hat yeah 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 you leave the tags on dog mm-hmm. shout out to little boosie uh boosie raised me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i did some crazy shit when i was young because of of Lil boosie you know so hip-hop and urban culture influences me and especially urban comedy like like my dream 
like if I really wanted to like achieve my local dreams in Lafayette, it would be like a Sunday open mic on Simcoe Street mm-hmm. and like pulling the talent from the hood that I yeah. know is there. Like the funniest people I've ever met in my life, mm-hmm. I met in the hood. They just don't know that they have an avenue to comedy. Right. So to build mm-hmm. that for like the urban community in Lafayette mm-hmm. would be my my like dream. Be That's like actually, the, the yeah. like a good Gary Owens. Yeah, but it would, be, <laughs> it would have to be if they would like enjoy stand up though and yeah. know how to do it because I've seen come through open mics. I've seen a lot of people. It's not. I'm not gonna like. It's not a pigeonhole thing just to say like the black community like you're talking. Right. But some of those people are, but they're from all walks of life. Yes. Where they're the funny guy outside. They're the funny guy. So they think I should go do comedy, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually fans of comedy. They don't Mm -hmm. know what it is. And they go up there and they tell the story that they always tell at the barbecue that destroys and it's fucking quiet Mm -hmm. and you never see him again. Yeah. Yeah. I love those people. They're fun. Yeah. They, yeah. they, well, they don't understand, and I didn't either. Like I said, when I first did it, I thought I was getting booked on strong, uh, Stone Drunk Sober right mm-hmm. after. You don't understand what art it is until you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, matter of fact, uh, so my goal is to get on Kill Tony in late mm-hmm. January. We have tickets, right? So she was mm-hmm. like, I want to put my name in the bucket. That way we have double the chances. And I was like, you can't disrespect. Especially if she, if she, the show. If she gets called, yes. tell her she has to suck. No, because I told her the opposite. Because to pull you up That's funny. Sucks. I told her the opposite. I said, <laughs> I don't want you to disrespect comedy and go up there and suck. You yeah. have to do comedy. So she's done yeah, true. two yeah, mics right. at the station now. And she's mm-hmm. done three minutes each time over there. And she'll mm-hmm. probably continue to do it here or there. But only so she can have a good enough minute. Where she's not disrespecting comedy because I respect. Yeah, because it you know does aggravate me when they do that. Yeah, you wasting everybody's there's, time, bro. There's like three hundred people that signed up exactly that want to get on stage, and only what maybe at the most ten people get yeah. to go. Yeah. So when someone goes up there and they're like, "Oh, I just thought it would be fun," they have mm-hmm. no desire, and they put their name in there. I'm like, "Dude, get fucked." Yeah. 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 It's a real bummer. Yeah, so like I don't feel bad when they're mean to those people. Mm-hmm. Even our mics, though, mm-hmm. I love wacky people, bro. Like mm-hmm. I like our wacky people at our mics, right? They're some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But the ones who disrespect the art and show up and be like, oh, I didn't know I was going to riff off everybody else, uh, this mm-hmm. that. Dude, I, you know, this is my time. It's valuable mm-hmm. to me. I could be right. with my fucking family right now. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. here to do it's one, it's one thing you know to saying? just not know, but yeah, it's another thing to not care. Not care, not yeah. prepare. Think that you're going to be funny just by riffing off of other people, dude. Yeah. Come in the studio with clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come or come and like sign up for their first open mic and then heckle everyone mm. the whole time. I've seen that happen more than one time. It's like, mm-hmm. like, I could, that's insane confidence right there right. to think you're about to do a thing you've never done before and you're going to heckle the other people mm-hmm. before you do it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people don't realize they're heckling, though, until you tell them. Uh, I've had conversations yeah, with audience members. They and probably was, don't realize a lot of things. You got to explain to them the culture of comedy in a very nice way. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, and they get a slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a dream if they actually respond well. <laughs> uh, so I, I want just circling back. So your wife, I, I know I've seen her at, at the atmosphere several times, but when she went up, she went up at the station. I'm just curious. Is that because it's like, I don't want to go up where I live? Oh, no, no, no. It's more like uh, so Tiny. her kids go to their dad's house on Wednesday. Uh, so that's like okay. our date night and she can come out okay. on all the other mic nights. She's at the house with the kids. Gotcha. Being a mom. Not she's not funny there, bro. <laughs> 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 Nothing funny about that. 
Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. So, all right. So we've talked about some of the stuff I wanted to. Okay, so so it's, when I get an opportunity, like anytime I'm in the car, if I'm going for a walk, if I'm at work, I like to have some podcasts going in the background or somebody's comedy special. I listen to uh, um, Neil Rubenstein's um, Have Some Dignity. Is that that just came out? Yeah, the recent yeah. one. I caught that yeah. one too. Okay. It came out a couple months ago. Okay. I started watching it one time when it first came out, but I was like, this was at the end of the night. And I think it was like a day of drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was so fucking drunk. I was like, I, I can't. It's time to go to bed. Hell and then I yeah. watched it again last <laughs> I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. And it's so you gotta see it with the video too. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Because uh a lot a lot of his uh I mean, you can get it without the video. The jokes are good enough. You can listen to them and they work. But a lot of things with his delivery, if you see it, yeah. it works good. Mm-hmm. There's also this pretty young looking woman who's with like this 150 year old man in the audience they show every now and then. And I felt that made it more enjoyable for me. <laughs> yeah. okay, we'll look for that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the end of life nurse or something. Yeah, they showed her a bunch until my wife came in the room. And then I was like, oh, Ach, you got to see this couple. And then they never showed him again. Yeah. Well, he's he's uh, given me a lot to think about recently because I know we we did a he, he talked about this when he was on. Uh, um, we're dying down here. But he he likes to do like um, whenever wherever he goes, wherever he's doing dates, he likes to arrange for like local comics to get together and like workshop bits. And it, he says it helps him get better uh, just by helping somebody else to work on their stuff. And he also just likes the hang. And uh, he really appreciates word economy. And I was thinking about that a lot today, just thinking about how and it kind of ties back into what you were saying, you know, get in there rapid fire hit them show them you can get the whole thing done start to finish in mm-hmm. a short period of time mm-hmm. move on to the next thing keep it moving man I, I think i don't know i just can't wait to go sit down and take another look at some of my stuff and 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 where can i make some more cuts where can i kind of condense this down to the essence of it but i wouldn't think that you really have that going on as much because it seems like that's your style seems to be birthed out of that Mm-hmm. So, and you talked about maybe wanting to expand into some longer form material in the future, but, uh, one of the things I noticed that I appreciate about you, I, I think it was like last week, I think we were at the, at the Tuesday night open mic and I was just kind of watching you. It's like, man, you just come up there and you just have one thing after another, after another. Do you have a hard time remembering any of that stuff? Oh, dude, like I said, I'm stupid. So mm-hmm. another insecurity and a thing I'm trying to work on, especially if I'm going to do that showcase, mm-hmm. I look at my phone a lot, Yeah, but all that's on my phone is my set list. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm looking at it to buy time from the crowd because I can't think of what I was supposed to say next. Right. Yeah, that's the trouble with short <clears throat> So I definitely do have that problem. Uh, but I'm hoping that I can link them together well enough. Because like the ones that I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with are the ones that I have a really great like link to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a funny transition. Right. So eventually I hope to get funny transitions for all mm-hmm. of them. And it'll just get easier and easier. Yeah, you segues know? definitely help. And and also, it's weird. Sometimes when I pause and look at my phone, everyone laughs. <laughs> yeah. Even if I didn't get a laugh at first, and then I kind of shrug my shoulders and pause and look at my phone, everyone giggles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. I just hope it naturally kind of mm-hmm. progresses and I get better and better at it, you know? Yeah, because yeah. it is. it's a thing at a certain point. It's like, it's an open mic thing, like having the phone or notes. But at a certain point, like, you don't 
like who's when have you ever sat down and watched a special and they look at their phone the whole time you know what i mean right well i guarantee you they have a teleprompter at the front of the stage like if you're if you spent all that money to film that hour special and you get two shots at this dude put a teleprompter in the front of the stage i'm just guessing Possibly, i don't know but i bet a lot of comics that would use make it hard to do too because you can tell when someone's reading something. Yeah, but you just put you can, your set you list on the teleprompter, yeah, maybe. A, yeah, they or like bullet points, list. you know? <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just guessing. I think Todd Berry arranged to have some kind of monitor on stage when he was up there. He had a clock for sure. Mm-hmm. But they do, like, I've seen uh, at 337, I've seen a bunch of comedians do an hour, and they don't have a set list or anything. Jeff Dolly, I saw him do an hour two nights in a row. And the second night, I could tell he didn't even make a set list. He was like, I'm just going to tell an hour of jokes and I'll figure it out as mm-hmm. I go. And it's like, that's such a crazy thing to do. Like, what if you forget if you told this joke or not? Because to me, it's like, especially if it's like a really hot show and you're up there and shit's going fucking awesome. Dude, it, it, you're in a weird space, man. You're like in a tunnel or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. It's crazy afterwards, like yeah. Well, the, the way the way the memory of it is unlike anything else. Yeah, it's, it's, weird. Like, it's the same thing as like when you get in a car wreck or something, mm. except much more enjoyable. For me, anyway, from my first time I did comedy to now, I feel like time slowed for me on stage. And y'all might y'all been doing it a little over a year. Y'all might better say it, but I feel like in my mind, I have more control. The longer I do it, just because I've done these jokes before, I've been on stage before, and it's like time slows down a little bit, kind of like what you said yeah, in the car accident. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll I'll rewatch my bit and thought that I messed the joke up because I couldn't remember the word, but it was only a half a second in real time. Right. Our brains mm-hmm. work faster than we think. You know, while yeah. I was on stage, I was like, man, that was a long pause, but rewatched it was no pause. Right. You know, totally. So, so I hope it just continues to slow down. You know, I'm sure it will. Uh, <clears throat> so. Have you, what's the stuff, what kind of content have you been enjoying? Like, like, have you, is there a podcast or like comedy specials that you've enjoyed Man, lately? Man, Kill Tony every single Monday, like mm-hmm. I said. And I feel like I got a comedy education from Kill Tony, like comics didn't have before. Had yeah. 10 years of that podcast, seeing people do a minute and the professional comics criticizing them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that show definitely influenced my style and mm-hmm. even me doing comedy ever. Uh, and then on top of that, man, I really like like Ali Sadiq. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Michael Che. Cause yeah. I, I, I shout out to old Chappelle show type stuff. Michael Che has a, has a sketch comedy show on HBO that mm-hmm. is like a la Chappelle show. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Morgan mm-hmm. just dropped a special on HBO that made me cry laughing in my mm-hmm. living room, which I feel like is hard to do, man. Yeah. And he's one of those dudes. What I love about him is he'll have a premise and you're like, oh, that's so stupid. And then like 30 seconds later, he's still nailing home that premise. And you're like, oh, my God, this is the funniest mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he's very you know? out the box. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and he's one of those guys who's been able to become famous mm-hmm. and still drop great specials, which yeah. is hard to do, you know? Yeah. I haven't really watched a lot of Tracy Morgan's specials, obviously. I'm familiar with the everything he's done on Saturday Night Live. And I watched him on 30 Rock. And I've, I've heard the way that people in the industry talk about him and how he's just kind of like a, a loose cannon. And I know he's considered like a genius level comic and he can, you just don't even want to go up after him because he just destroys. But I just, first, for whatever reason, I'm just not familiar with it. Have you seen any of his mm-hmm. specials? Yeah. It's not good to watch if you want to watch from a technical standpoint. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Because you can't do it unless you're Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Tracy Morgan, like, he's one of those, he'll break every rule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it works because he's so goddamn funny. Yes. Because right? he's a character. Yeah, it's just who, it's who he is. Yeah, he he's, can't, yeah. I don't think he can not be funny if he tried. Right. Yeah. singular. Like, I bet whenever he got in that, that, bad accident where he almost died dude i bet he had fucking first responders rolling laughing mm-hmm. and that's the other thing he did great in that what special <laughs> he pretended this really hurts <laughs> he pretends like he just got rich when he got hit by that walmart truck so it was a way to make him like re-relatable to the audience he was like, oh i just when i got hit like oh i'm just like y'all i just got hit by a truck and now i'm rich and he, you know it's a it was a way of refreshing perspective where you could be famous but pretend like you weren't right i, yeah. I just became worth half a billion you know right. <laughs> that's new <laughs> right that's a good point yeah he, he uh he probably 10 15 years of doing really well before that right? yeah he probably was worth 40 million before that but mm-hmm. that's not walmart truck money you know what I'm saying? Imagine if he got hit by a Target truck. <laughs> <laughs> he could have retired, bro. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take y'all's Rex, too, because uh, Kill Tony, I, 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 you watch it re- religiously, right? Yeah, I mean, I watch it every week. Yeah. It's uh, he doesn't worship it. It's good. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get that on the record. Because it's... it's um. Like, I do think it did give me a leg up, but it's very... Because basically what it is, for the most part, is a televised open mic. So, like, any open mic, it's very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, there's some episodes, but when it's good, oh, it's, it's so fucking good, good it's so dude. good. Like, there's been some moments that were magical. Yes, dude. yes. And a lot of them, even, like, after the move to Austin... But they had a lot of good shit when they were back in L.A. at the mm-hmm. comedy store, and they had the other the old band that were all characters. Mm-hmm. The characters were fun. Yeah, whenever they, whenever they could calm down and not step on everybody's jokes, mm-hmm. they were so fun. But dude. even that is part of. I love chaos. So like, yeah. even that's part of what's fun for me for the show. Like the one, the first time I did stand up, I came up. And Jason had to like push a homeless man out of the legends <laughs> downtown. And I was like, no, this was my show. Come on in, sir. You want to do comedy? Yeah. <laughs> I like me, chaos. If, you know? Yeah, but if the if the homeless guy was on the payroll of the comedy show, yeah, 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 then yeah. it would then, be a little bit more annoying. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. Are you suggesting you show up as a homeless guy one week? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm saying that since I like was bad as like you can catch like someone is saying something really funny and but then someone in the band is saying something really stupid really mm. loudly over yeah, yeah, this yeah, now yeah. cuz they're not like to be fun a lot of what this podcast is to work on like i have learned from this is like to be funny here when you're not doing like when you do stand up you've got like material and you're doing a routine to be funny here is you just kind of you you just wait to catch funny things, you know what I mean. If you're always, if you're just trying to get in there and trying to say every funny thing you can think of, you and you try too hard, you're not going to be as funny. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to step all over something funny someone else is saying, you know. Because when you're really funny, you're funniest is like when you're hanging with the boys. You're not trying to be funny, mm-hmm. you know. Like you never go to meet your friends and be like, "Man, I hope I'm funny today," you know. Yeah, yeah. It just happens. Yeah, you want to be a counter puncher. You yeah. want. You don't want to be that guy that comes in there throwing haymakers. Mm-hmm. You want to wait 
And then right when you see that perfect opportunity, like you said, throw it in. Yeah, let them let let them start it off, and then you finish it off. Yeah, that, that was my strategy with the hang at first, like trying to get everybody to like me. I was like, okay, I'm going to hang out, and I'm going to be quiet. And it's hard for me because I have a mm-hmm. big mouth. And everybody likes a quiet dude because you think they agree with you all the time. But if you mm-hmm. could be quiet for long periods of time and then just bang, hit one, and then mm-hmm. be quiet again – you're the best. Everyone starts to like you. That's when you're the funniest in like mm-hmm. a hang situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of accidentally do that. I think, um, it's not, it's not a thought. It's like, I, I like being the per- like, that's just my natural state. I'd rather sit back most of the time and then just get one in, there, uh-huh. you know? Um, but what was, I, what was I going with that? Oh, so, all right. You talked about the hang, uh, I wanted to kind of like just get a little bit more into your personal life. So you tell a lot of jokes where the thing, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the shorter joke format style is that like, it's, it's harder to get to know a person. Like, I feel like if I got mm-hmm. up there and I just, when I tell a joke, I'm like, Oh, here, let me lay out my whole personal life and yeah, everything yeah. right out. And it's like a two minute long story. That's nothing but personal life. But the guys that do the short form stuff, you have to kind of like get to know them through their humor by picking up on little things that come out. And so I just pick up on little things that, that you said in your jokes. And one of the things that, that, that comes up, I don't know if you, we can cut this out if you want to talk about it. When he says gay people are gross. No, nah, I'm open book. No. I'm open book. <laughs> yeah. All that like super, all that super, all that super anti-gay stuff you're always saying. No. Yeah. Uh, but I think and you mentioned. joke with the hood. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> Aren't you from River Ranch? No, yeah. uh, no but you, you mentioned that your, your dad's gay, right? Yeah. 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 Now here's, thing i haven't really talked about this publicly that much because i don't know a hundred percent that it's true but i'm pretty sure that my dad was bisexual all right i mean is whatever like you know i don't i don't think he lives that lifestyle but i'm pretty sure some people have i've got good authority from some people that would know right you think that's why your dad was always trying to yeah. overcompensate on the masculinity part yeah oh that's why i've been trying to figure out an angle on that i haven't figured it out yeah. yet yeah, uh, I, I could see that you got a little gay in you for sure. Yeah. Like if we did a twenty three and me, you know, <laughs> maybe twelve percent. That's why the set looks so this good. This is the thing. Dude. Yes, dude, this yeah. set is beautiful. But Check this, out the fucking plants you bought. This is the thing with Michael Corey. You know how there's like that dude where everybody's like, man, thank God he's gay, or he would get all the pussy. Mm-hmm. Like gay dudes are like, thank God Michael Corey's straight, bro. <laughs> that wouldn't be any yeah. good for any of us. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and I, uh, my dad was gay mm-hmm. growing up, um, and it was on the DL, obviously, very yeah. Catholic, kind of like your background, very religious background. Mm-hmm. And then once he was kind of done raising the family, uh, he came out. And mm-hmm. it was shocking at first because he's not effeminate or anything. Right. But you start putting things together like, man, right. he did like the Golden Girls. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, dude, they jokes some, per minute, they the Golden got, Girls yeah, is jokes on. Jokes per minute, dude. <laughs> yes. Golden Girls is yes. fucking yes. awesome, dude. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, dude. Freaking Golden Age of sitcom, really. I mean, like, I know it was the 50s and 60s, technically, it's Golden Age of TV, but, but also, 80s and 90s. B. Arthur was a handsome woman. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I use the word handsome. Uh huh. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. she's had a masculine look about <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. What was going on there? Did she? I mean, because I haven't really looked into it. But is she? She's uh, gone, isn't she? I, I think she is. Who? 
Let's let's do a quick oh, Google search be. so we can talk about this. I, I think uh, the old lady's still alive. The really old one. Oh yeah, Sophia. Betty White. They were all the same age, believe oh, no, it or not. Sophia, no, Betty White died. Or Betty White. Nah, she's she's dead. I keep people always talked about her dying before she died. That's what so makes it hard to remember. Yeah, so she, yeah. We talked about her dying. We've been talking about her dying. We for need so to much, know for uh, for the ghost roast. People might be waiting for this information. Yeah, <laughs> Betty White. We haven't had a male do a female yet, which could be interesting. Oh, don't worry, it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah I was gonna say. And it okay. won't be ironical, probably. Right, right. So she did die uh, during the pandemic. Uh, uh, Betty, Betty White. White. Yeah. Oh, uh, B. Arthur uh, has passed like a long time ago. She passed. <laughs> <laughs> was it like 1992 or something? <laughs> 2009. I mean, well, know. she lives on forever through me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Estelle Getty. That was the... the Sophia? Uh, yeah. She passed actually around the same yeah, time. She was Arthur, uh, yeah, she was the best. She she was the the she funny was girl. Arthur's mom yeah. in the show. And then Blanche. Uh Okay, so they all kind of died around the same yeah. time. Oh, interesting. I mean, they were, Golden Girls were tight like that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all lived together. Death cycle synced up. <laughs> Dude, what's weird about my sexuality, even though I had a gay daddy, was watching the Golden Girls all the time. From a young age, I knew I was straight. Because like, yeah. even Blanche could turn me on a little bit, right? When she would yeah. turn that sexy voice on and yeah, stuff. Dude. It did it for me. I knew right away. Uh, mm-hmm. That Gilligan's Island, what was her name? The red-headed oh, woman on Gilligan's Island like yeah. blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Ginger. Right, ginger. ginger. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like one of my jokes is about that. Like, uh, there's there's different spectrums spectrums or whatever to sexuality, but for the most part, if you're just you know if you're just talking someone who's gay and someone who's heterosexual, it's a thing that's in you. You know what I mean? It's yeah, something yeah, that's yeah. in you. Yeah, you know? you're born with it for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now some people can become gay, like if they go to prison. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> they start fucking dudes. No, I think they were gay the whole you time. You think? I don't. They were at least bisexual. Because they come out and they're straight again. I can you tell you I'm right saying? now, dude. If a dick <laughs> is anywhere, if a dick is anywhere close to my face, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not enjoying it. Hmm. Or it ain't. No. My problem. Dude, I don't even like fucking. Like when I would work offshore, and like sometimes you would have like. Every like a bunch of showers mm-hmm. lined up and everything. Like I didn't like motherfuckers talking to me naked for too long. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was like, like, what do you? Why are we doing? I don't understand why we're doing this. You know, but I just don't like like the male body to me. Like this is kind of a short joke. I said it like maybe one time on stage, like in between jokes to move things along. Is like the fact that my wife has sex with me. And she wants to have sex with me is like is such a turn on for me. <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's the most disgusting thing. I agree, hundred percent. Like a, a dude is so fucking <laughs> mm-hmm. gross, bro. Yeah, I'm never surprised when someone's I'm a lesbian. I'm by like, well, yeah. <laughs> you judge your wife for being but attracted it's, to but you. <laughs> I just think it, that's just how I'm wired. Yeah, you know I agree. I mean? I'm so, so grateful think, when so a woman will have sex. Yeah, with like me. if I go to prison. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I get raped a lot. But like, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, 
Man, I've been through droughts. Right. And I never came close yeah, to yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's maybe true. I yeah, maybe I should open up the net a little larger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the gender. And never never consider it. Okay. Good to I'd know. be like, no, nah, I guess the sex thing ain't happening. I guess we but won't. That, like personally, that's just me. Yeah. You know? I'll choose a different but like cellmate. I said, there's different people, there's different <laughs> spectrums of that. Like there's some people who might find out they like something. But to me, it's like I think if you've always thought you were homosexual and then you go to prison for a few years and you're like, I got to fuck some of these dudes. I just think you weren't as homosexual as you always thought you were. Right. I just, I don't know. You just brought it out of you. Yeah. I I feel like cocaine. I've seen cocaine turn people a little bit gay. You know what I'm saying? Even real masculine. I mean, not introducing (laughs) chemicals and stuff. So that could be different. Yeah, I I think. By the way, I've only done cocaine a handful of times and- (laughs) I didn't get gay either. No, all right. Well, yeah. You don't have any in you. You're clean. I guess. <laughs> me, you get me and this Michael and eight ball. Me and Michael and eight ball. We both got you it's know a little gay. Pop, but yeah. we, might, we might fuck each other, bro. I mean, you know. <laughs> but I just think, like jeans. I think probably like someone had got offended one time about like because I said so like two dudes fucking. Like to me, that's it, it. It's gross for me to think about. <laughs> and someone got mad, and I was like, "Okay, well, I don't think, but it's fine." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not gay, but it doesn't mean. I bet gay dudes like they probably think pussy's the most disgusting. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if a gay dude probably watched a video of me and my wife doing shit, they'd probably be fucking puking. You, you know? Think what I mean? at least there's still a dick for him though, right? It's half good. We watch straight porn, right? And there's yeah. a dick and a vagina. Yeah. The straightest porn to you know, watch would imagine. be lesbian porn because there's two vaginas. God, but a straight yeah, man. I don't know where to put myself. <laughs> the only reason I like watching straight porn is because I'm the guy fucking the chick. Yeah, me too. You know That's what, I mean? what I do too. I'm the guy fucking the chick. If there's mm-hmm. two chicks, then well, I'm this guy yeah, jacking off in the I'm corner. I'm the guy in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Well, but. but like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I watch straight porn, I'm not jacking off like this dude's fucking the shit out of me. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, <laughs> I pretend it's my dick. Yeah, well, I don't like it when their penis is smaller than mine. Yeah. yeah. I don't, like <laughs> don't like that at all. I'll change it. You know what don't I'm saying? Don't like that. But like I said, I have to see myself. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is like if the dick is like too ridiculously large to mm. or if it's like a bald black man it's like all right yeah. i can only imagine yeah. so much yeah, or if he's not you know, wearing if he's like not muscular like a debo yeah. kind of got like from yeah. friday right like i mean if he's not wearing a john deere hat drew's not yeah. watching it if i have to use this much of my imagination right. i just soon do it the old-fashioned way yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean i just soon use all my imagination mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. then i won't have to scroll so fucking long to yeah. find the perfect one yeah yeah <laughs> You're engaging your your suspension of disbelief a little too much. I I, yeah, a, I also think I'm sharing too much. <laughs> now they make you register to look at porn in Louisiana, yeah, I know. except for certain sites, and you have to have the like LA wallet to verify yourself. Yeah, I'm not getting that shit. Hey, listen, your boy's license is suspended right now. Yeah. So I've got to watch. <laughs> I've got to watch like the 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 XNXX, the only one they give me. And I'm out of stuff on it. I just don't want them having all that information. Exactly. The thing is, is like, I understand, like, I'm on the grid. I get that they have the information, 
but I'm not gonna compile it and put it and package it all neat. Like, right. do your fucking job. You know? yeah. Like, I'm not doing yeah. the like, I pay my taxes like every other American. Yep. I'm not gonna do the government's job. Mm. You know? I'm with you too. I, I, I find the whole idea of, of like, I won't go to those sites anymore that, that require that. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, it's too I much work. Go. It's too much work. I'm and, not doing it. And we all know we're kind of like, come on. They already have everything they could ever want. Yeah. But it's just, it's just something about holding their hand while yeah. they do it that just makes you feel does, weird. Yeah, and it, it, would seem, it would seem weird to be like, uh, I'm not putting that in there. I don't want them to have all this information together. And then you immediately search like chicks with dicks. You don't care. You don't care. They know you're jacking off the trans porn. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid they have your driver's license. Uh, number. They, don't, they don't need to know where I live. Yeah. Well, the only thing about that is, is, you know, they, they came out recently. I don't know. I've had this browser window open on my computer forever. Cause I'm like, I should do something about this, but I never do some kind of hack of like the DMV. I think like the Louisiana DMV got hacked and a bunch of people's information got out there. The only thing that makes me feel like there might be some use to not participating in this whole Louisiana. Oh yeah. Here's my driver's license. I'll take my porn now is that <laughs> some, there are some levels of exposure that only like the local bureaucrat, like there's, there's a level of it that you can avoid when it's just the anonymous, like Google and the federal government and stuff. But when like some dummy that like somehow hacks the DMV or whatever, when that information gets out, that gets end up put in the newspaper. Like mm. they make it very easy for whoever wants to know who somebody else is looking at to go look up their name and then get their whole, like it would just be yeah. way too easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. On Pospot too. <laughs> <laughs> Porn. You know, we were talking about like kind of growing up and like knowing what you are and what you're not in terms of like sexuality and stuff. Um, I found out something about my sister, like the whole thing with my dad that we were talking about earlier, that, that came from somebody in the family that told me about that stuff. But then not too long ago, I think like during the pandemic, my sister came out as bisexual. She lives in, uh, uh, well, she, she lives somewhere in the Maryland area and she, she came out and I was very surprised. Like this was not something that I had any idea about. She told me that she had known this since like sometime in the high school kind of uh, somewhere around that but and it blew me away i did i had no idea that she was bisexual that's weird yeah like sometimes you could tell with kids but sometimes it's easy to tell maybe because i'm a guy like i can tell with boys sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah it's way yeah. easier like you could and it's not it's not just like being a little feminine like I can't even explain it, mm -hmm. but there's just something about it. Like, you know, this dude, you know, like this, this is a gay person. Yeah, his ass up right is here. nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's popping, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look at that. You gotta give him something, bro. You know, it's going away. So. Yeah, this is a, you. You mentioned church thing. Like that was the thing. There was a. There was. I can't say this poor kid's name he's an adult now but i don't want to put this dude's family on blast but yeah i went to one of these big high profile churches and there was this one dude that was like the son of somebody that i think worked there and was involved in like leadership in the church and he was so obviously gay mm -hmm. like really really like a caricature of a gay dude mm -hmm. and they were also like nobody could do or say anything and just it just just simply and 
acknowledge something that's probably just undeniably true because of that religious pressure. It's wild the way that that people grow up. It's bad enough the idea of like society, like just kind of like we we're obviously we're in a place where we're getting a lot more accepting now. Mm-hmm. But it's bad enough that like societally, you know, that, that we're behind and we're having to try to get back to to being accepting of whoever. But in church, man, like that's Yeah, you're talking heaven or hell yeah. to little kids. No, that is yeah, yeah that's the place you're supposed to be accepted first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God is supposed to be the most unconditional love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the total yeah. opposite. Yeah. The total opposite. I I uh, I once asked my dad, because the teacher said you were gonna go to hell if you masturbated. Mm-hmm. We've all been a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. I prayed on it. I was like, please, God. Yeah, that'd be a scary help thing me for a 12-year-old boy. Because I don't want to go to hell. And then mm-hmm. I was like, Well, let me ask my dad. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, my dad is a closeted gay man at this time. Right. And I'm like, Dad, am I gonna go to hell if I masturbate? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about it now, and I think my dad was probably like he had his own problems. Yeah. He was religious, yeah, he so he thought what he was doing was gonna send him to jail. Right. He's like, if you start jerking off, you might start jerking off to dudes. Be careful. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Just be with your wife. Yeah, he might have be been fighting that he might have not been accepting For it. For sure. Either. He's yeah. still yeah. not proud. Like he was a Fox News dad. Who turned into a, like a, a gay man? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, and but my dad, he wants to do stand up bad. And oh, everyone really? told my dad that he was funny. He should do stand up comedy. Tell him when I was bring a kid. gay ass on down here. <laughs> he dad. wrote some shit and sent <laughs> yeah. it to me. And I was like, listen, we're gonna have to workshop this. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, where were the big changes that needed to happen? Like from, from whatever you, if he sent you something and you were like, there's something, but we would definitely need to work on this. Was it because it was like too far or was it like well it's just not very good some of it's his age right older people are detached and they still don't know they can't say certain things right Uh, because it used to just be fun to say something controversial kind of and then also just like what we were talking about earlier the art form yeah he doesn't understand that you can't be bill burr today Right. You know, right. yeah. and Bill Bird was he, he had yeah. short jokes at first. So he's trying to write stories, but I can cram him down. He does have an interesting life as a yeah. closeted gay man to your fifties, and mm-hmm. I could write some material for him for sure. Yeah, dude, like that's the thing is like you got to start with a novel perspective and and a sense of humor, and then from there you can you can build. Yeah, and the, the thing too is like you can you can say pretty much anything. But there is a thing about like context and the art. Like if you just go up on stage, people don't know who you are. It's like you have to give them the right idea about you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the funniest thing, I do it a lot on this podcast and I do it when I'm hanging out with people. A lot of times I'll say like the fucked up thing to say and I'll say it like it's my opinion to make people laugh. But I'm with my friends and they know that's why I'm saying it. We have a laugh. Yes. But doing it on stage when you only have five minutes for the audience to get to know you, it's a little riskier and you have to be more careful with it. Mm -hmm. On this podcast, if anyone listens to the podcast and I say some something racist or something it's like okay we'll listen to the other 30 hours yes and it it should be enough context for you to understand 
that that's why we're laughing at the same thing. Yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah. if, if this really was like a white supremacist podcast, we'd be a little bit more serious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be laughing at that. We'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but sometimes uh, when you, uh, like a lot of my comedy kind of rides that line, right? Like, is this dude racist? And I let you know in the end, and I'm not. And I'm actually yeah. on the side. Uh, really, if anybody, I don't like white people, you know? <laughs> and I'll let you know that. But, uh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Uh you tell us about how you're racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you were talking about how your comedy skirts the line of um, how people. Well, we were talking about making, laying the groundwork to make sure that whenever you're. Oh, yeah. That, I yeah. know what I was thinking now. So sometimes I'll be the beginning of my joke will make you think like, like, oh, gay dudes are gross. Mm-hmm. And the dude will stand up and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, 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 it's not me. And, you know, I got something else that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a punchline right after Yeah, that, that's going to contradict it's, it's that. It's supposed to be. Uh, um, like a, it's supposed to be a diversion. Yes, right. it's supposed. They're not supposed to see the swerve coming. Exactly. You're supposed to throw them off to where it's supposed. You did it one time at Lake Charles, and you're like, I think gay guys are gross. And someone uh, booed me. <laughs> wait, well, this time I just heard someone say like, "Oh, yeah." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's funny because like that one's quick. That one you don't. When you start off, I think I'm pretty sure right after, like you get to the point quickly. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that one right after that long. This isn't yeah, like a yeah. joke that like I need. Uh, I think gay dudes are gross. Uh, but if it wasn't for my wife, there'd be shit all over my sheets too. Right, implying that like well, women never let is, you fuck them in the butt is the joke. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Also, but isn't it like I thought when it, the way it went was I thought you'd say. Gay dudes are gross, but not because, not they're, because gay, they're gay. Because they're gay, because they're, they're dudes. dudes. Yeah, it's funny because it's kind of what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Like a dude is fucking gross. Yeah, like, I don't like dudes. It's like I would never. Like I didn't. I did karate for a little while and like grapple on the floor with guys. I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> 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 Someone please like pin together all of the yeah. homophobic things Drew has said. Cancel Drew Gotro. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Of all the reasons that somebody would come home and complain about not liking karate, like, that's yeah, a Drew's unique like, one. You know? like you, bro. Well, I mean, but you're right. It is a little gay. The thing is, like, too, it's not like homophobic because, like, I don't like. Um, try to think of something I don't like. I don't like fucking. <laughs> Subway. That or well, no, that won't work because I hate people that eat Subway too. Because <laughs> he likes other sandwiches, yeah. also. I like Subway, but I hate Subway, but I also hate the people that go there. So that's not good. That'd be like if you just hate. I don't like. I don't like um like asparagus, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not gonna like not fuck with you if you like asparagus. Exactly. Same thing with dicks. Mm-hmm. I don't like dicks, but like. Like if your dad does, mm-hmm. rock on. Hey, he'd be cool as shit. Yeah. I bet. I bet we would be best of friends if yeah. we met each other. Like yeah. that's fine. Just because you like, like you ever had friends that would like, if you had a buddy who had like a girlfriend that was fat or like not too pretty, and they would always give him a hard time, and it'd be like, bro, nobody's making you fuck her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave him alone. Why are you dude? shitting he on that thing? Chick. Yeah. yeah. What do you care? But he mm-hmm. like, you know, what does it matter to you? Leave yeah, that yeah. dude alone. Same thing with dicks. Yep. Yep. I don't like when people ruin people's uh, parades. I agree, man. Yeah. I mean, up. hey, that guy likes dicks. Someone likes that. Yeah. Dicks, fat mm-hmm. chicks. They're the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I happen to really enjoy gay culture. 
uh, my, my wife to enjoy. My yeah. wife loves gay culture. She's a big drag queen fan. We watch uh, RuPaul uh, mm-hmm. together, and I am quite the uh, expert on drag queens. I like to critique them. I like mm-hmm. to say, like you know, look, his nuts poking out a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not good. If you don't know this, the tuck is important okay. on RuPaul Drag I mean, Race. Assume. And then they do lip sync battles where they mm-hmm. lip sync each other and dance battle each other. Yeah. And I think maybe we could solve, you know, other conflicts with RuPaul dance battle. Y'all, Russia, bring y'all best drag queen against Ukraine mm-hmm. and let's all find out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, this is just off the record here, but I'll, I'll, I've been trying, I've been working on a new joke and I've been starting to realize, I mean, this has been going on for a while, but like, I, the only thing that I figured out to how to make funny is to play with the gay angle thing. And it, and it seeps into like almost every joke. When I, a joke is easy for me to write when it comes to that. So like this, this thing I'm working on right now, you mentioned the, uh, the, the, we were talking about gay culture and then talking about drag queen. And there's, there's a lot of this stuff like burlesque stuff and, and like uh, drag karaoke and just all these mm-hmm. different kind of things that I don't understand. I guess there's just a lot about gay culture that I don't understand when it comes to uh, the gender bending part of it, mm-hmm. because it seems oh, like if, yeah. if you're gay and your identity is like, I'm a dude, and then I'm also attracted to dudes. That seems like it's one thing. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm attracted to dudes and I'm biologically male, but I'm also kind of like have some interest in like role playing as a female and or dressing up as a drag and dressing yeah, yeah. Up a drag. That's the part that I'm not. There's like a mental leap there that I'm having a hard time following where that leap is being. Yeah, made. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty confusing. Well, uh, it's just like the gay thing, though. None of us can understand why dicks are delicious. Mm-hmm, you know right. what I'm saying? But they are. Some yeah, people fucking love them. Yeah, to me, I chalk that up as a thing. Like, I don't really understand all the gender stuff. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, I don't have to understand. Yes. That's where I'm at. It's like, yes. whatever. I don't I don't give a fuck with you. If you're doing something that makes you happy, I don't, yeah. I don't care. And I don't need to understand yeah. it. But there was a thing about, like, I was actually thinking about this today where um it's a weird it is a weird thing where like the gender stuff comes to where like trans is now like trans is uh fits in with like sexual orientation and like back when i if you remember back like whenever um Caitlyn Jenner was like first transitioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like the two thousands? Maybe two thousand ten, two thousand twelve, two thousand ten. Sounds right. Yeah, maybe something like that. So what, a decade ago or mm-hmm. something? And I mean, I knew about trans people. I was aware. I didn't know a whole lot. And I remember thinking, like, saying something about, well, like, now that he's gonna be a woman, is he gonna be like a lesbian? Because mm-hmm. he was married to a woman, or like now is that he's a woman? Will he be a straight woman? Right, and have sex with dudes? And I got fucking yelled at because it was sexual. Your how you identify sexually and your gender has nothing to do with your sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. You know. Yeah. Which yeah. is fine. But the thing is, I don't know, maybe y'all shouldn't have fucking yelled at me for not knowing. Yeah, something. yeah. Well, you gotta you educate to admit, me. It's confusing. Yes. You right. know? 
Especially, especially people who are now, willing to learn. Especially now that y'all put T in there. Right. I feel like I, I'm owed an apology. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should put it in the index, yeah. you know, the glossary. Yeah, because especially since you yelled at me about a thing I don't even care about. Uh-huh. That I'll form then a question. Like, I'm admit, like I'm ignorant. I yes. don't know. Yes. And I got yelled at. And now you're going the other way around. Mm-hmm. So what it, apparently it has something to do with sexual orientation mm-hmm. or you wouldn't bunch it up with sexual orientation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's I think there's there's how you identify and then there's what you're what and who you're attracted to. And then there's just going to be some situations where there's some things that you experience as a person that don't really fit neatly into one of those two boxes. Uh, and, and that it, it, like I can handle that. Like that makes sense to me. The idea that sometimes it's going to fit neatly into a box and sometimes it's not, and not everybody's going to understand it. I, I can live with that. Yeah. Like, or I can even get like, I think part of it too is like, it's maybe some, some of it's not supposed to make sense because I think the whole argument, the whole argument is like gender roles and all this is just fucking made up anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you do mm-hmm. or whatever, which is fine, but whatever. Yeah. That's a little bit of a complicated little aspect of it too, that I've, it well, comes if you're up yelling and- at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't mm-hmm. be like everything is nothing and what anything is whatever, and there's no rules, and then fucking yell at me. Yeah, yeah. why are you, know you so upset? I thought like, uh-huh. like, you were like, who gives a fuck a minute yeah. ago? Can't you know? break a rule that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, man. It isn't, and and this is something we don't have time to get into, but it is something that I that I'm still kind of wrestling with. It comes up and upsets people is where feminism kind of intersects with uh, with gender stuff. Yeah, you know that confuses I mean? me too. But I'm like, I don't have a fucking horse in that race either. I, I so like I'm like, it a whatever. Lot. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait for women to turn on trans women. Like they got to do it eventually, right? Because yeah. really, what you even, some of them do, but they kind of don't really. They, they can't do it like they should. I've noticed the the women that do get upset, like they'll have women that get really upset about like like trans women playing in women's sports and they'll mm-hmm. like yell to me about it. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> Other than transition and then not play sports. Yeah. 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 You can do that. <laughs> you, know I mean? like, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. And be like, if you're not part of, but other than that, there's like, this is, a, this is your fight right here. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. do anything about it. It's the same thing about, you know, um, like WNBA players. Not, I mean, this isn't even, I'll, Totally, so many people have said this where it's like the WNBA players don't make as much. Like, go to the fucking games. You yeah, know? It's yeah. Not, well, I guarantee you, as soon as we, fault. as soon as we have a trans WNBA player and she starts dunking on these girls, she'll be fairly paid, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because the entertainment, right? Yeah, the entertainment. That's it. That, people want to see it. Oh shit, she's dunking on Britney Griner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was like, my my dad was uh, like one time telling me. About like the um, the, the who was the chick the the female soccer player who was always yelling about not getting paid enough. I can see her face, but I don't remember her name. Yeah, I only remember her taking her shirt off. And then she uh, <laughs> something. Well, anyway, she was all that's all she talked about is like they don't get they don't get paid enough. They don't get paid enough. And then somewhere when it came to the thing about letting trans women play in the women's soccer league, and she was like, sure. Mm-hmm. 
And my dad's like, isn't that, doesn't she even realize if she's so worried about getting paid once a man gets in there, then she's going to lose her job. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you even talking to me about this? (laughs) 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 Like there, there's such a short list of things that I give a fuck about any less than what, like this has nothing to, first of all, it's fucking soccer Mm -hmm. to begin with already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right there, I'm out. <laughs> Did women soccer? No. I just think it's funny. Not that old men were right in their way of thinking, but remember when you were a little boy and your grandpa was like, ah, stop doing that gay stuff or everybody's going to be gay. Like, they were right about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people got gayer. If it was, <laughs> I'm not saying they were right to not want us to be gayer, but they were right that if we kept doing that gay yeah. shit, we were going to get gay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will definitely agree. This this is a part of, a, of your material, so I don't want to burn that, but I will say there's a point you make in your joke that people have pointed out how, how smart this joke is about how you, it's obviously not a choice to be gay. And I remember growing up being bullied a lot for people saying that I was gay. And I just just knew how much like I was just burning with desire for women and only (laughs) women. (laughs) Drove me crazy, dude. Because I was like, I know I'm not. Um, Only because we're different ages and we didn't know each other. But um, I did that to other boys. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah. was a thing. I mean, yeah. I got called. Everybody did. It was like yeah. a thing when we I were coming definitely out. like bull, like would bully some yeah. other friend, like friends mm-hmm. that would do something kind of feminine. Like, yeah, bro, don't, yeah, don't do that because Grandpa yeah. said not to. It was still it was ingrained in us. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll do it as a joke with friends. Yes, now, now yeah. it's funny. But yeah, I used to be like like real like, hey, bro. Let the body. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Uncross your legs, dude. Yeah. You know, now like, we can still be friends with Michael, even though he crossed yeah. his legs. <laughs> dude, and, and you know what? I feel like I'm leaning into it because I would never have done this before, and it's not always even physically comfortable. Sometimes I feel like I'm just doing it to make people uncomfortable. Ah, you know what I mean? Just Good to fuck you. with people. But yeah, they've called, you've been called gay so much. Yeah, You're like, all right, right. motherfuckers. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like, oh. uh, is this but, what uh, you wanted? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on there uh so we like to wrap up each episode with a hypo- hypothetical question for our guest um it's a question that will hopefully illuminate um what in your life rivals stand up in like importance and meaning for you and this is going to be a good one because i, I know we've, we've already established that you know you knew you wanted to be in comedy mm-hmm. early on. so i've thought about uh what i might trade in my life to get uh, where I want to be as a comic. And it occurred to me that I would give up sex for comedy. Uh, just to be clear, like I would never have sex with another person again for the rest of my life. If in exchange for that, all of my like wildest comedy dreams would come true exactly the way that I wanted them to. So with that in mind, um, if you had to make a deal with the devil to yeah. uh, give up something, <laughs> uh, very co- something that would be like really costly, um, so, but it, so that all your comedy dreams would come true exactly the way that you wanted them to, uh, what, what might that be? For you? I put a lot of thought into this and similarly to this podcast episode, I think I have the best answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you gave me and I'll bring it down low, as low as I can, give me five years as the top, like a top 20 comic mm-hmm. in yeah. the world and, uh, I'll die. You can kill me. Right after. Okay. I'd, give, I'd give my life mm-hmm. for Good five answer. years 
yeah. as a top that famous a, comic. Yeah, just a burn and strong for five now, years. Now, would that be, I don't have any biological children. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that too. Like me and my wife are talking about having a child and mm-hmm. I would sacrifice having a child mm-hmm. if I knew that I was going to be famous. Now I don't. Yeah. So I'm just going to have a kid and see what happens. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah, if you know for sure, it would be the smarter thing to do. Right. Even, to, to wait till after you do make it and then have a kid when you're fucking rich. Yes. Yeah. And get a much younger wife, you know, yeah. all that. <laughs> now, did you, did you grow up like wanting to have kids? Uh, not necessarily, man. I don't know if I gave much thought to it. I, mm-hmm. I've always been kind of like a free spirit, man. I'm yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Like that's why comedy comes natural to me. I, I've been a comedian my whole life. I've always been the crazy friend that everybody tells stories about. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever wanted to have kids until I met my wife and then I mm-hmm. fell in love with her. And then most people want a little boy, but I want a little girl. I want, yeah. I want a little mini, my mm-hmm. wife. So I don't mm-hmm. really want kids cause I want kids. I want kids cause I love my wife. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, see, in that way, I can say we're definitely the same. I, I grew up actually firmly knowing I don't want to have kids ever. And and it was one of those things where I had to realize even before I met my wife, I was like, I'm going to meet somebody one day. And it's going to the type of person I'm going to fall for is going to be the kind of person who was like wired to have kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able to be like, marry me and let's not have kids. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to have to accept it. And I think that that what you said there kind of reminded me of the dynamic that we have of the uh like I know I knew that I before like when we found out Kale was going to that that, she, that we had conceived a child some weird biological switch just flipped in my head and right. I just immediately fell in love with this whatever this thing was inside yeah, of yeah, her stomach yeah. you know yeah it's wild yeah I had that too with yeah with my first kid and I wasn't with the mom or anything this it was like a booty call that I knocked yeah. up it's like the worst would normally be your worst nightmare, All right? And at first, like the first, we should call it like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" But then, like, I, like I said, I wasn't even in a relationship with this woman. Then when I thought about like, "Oh, being a dad," and then then it's like you can't go back from mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I also wanted to clarify. When you say top 20, there's got to be at least one that comes to your head right away, right? So, like, as an example of, like, if you were in that top 20 for five years, who would be the people that you would be looking around and being like, oh, these are my peers now? Oh, man. Like I said, I'm I'm big, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe fan mm-hmm. for sure. Shane Gillis, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Norman, yeah. that whole crew, that whole, like, Joe Rogan crew. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even Rogan, you know, you, I listen to his podcast too much to love his stand up because it's like I already heard this. Right. But those are the, the type of people. That's mm-hmm. the type of comedy. Yeah. Like a lot of do. the new, like the New York comics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I like the way they riff with each other a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Ari Shafir. Joe List. Yeah. 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 Man, there's a lot of them. Jesus. Do I get that thing y'all, what y'all were talking about though? Like, you, like y'all were saying, y'all were both kind of saying like, I think you really didn't want kids and he, I guess, did, was indifferent. But it's yeah. like, well, if you love this woman enough that mm-hmm. if she wants to have a kid, well, then I want to have a kid too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't have that, but I live in New Iberia because of my wife. So I think that's probably even bigger <laughs> leap of faith than having a child. Yeah, 100%. Though. Like, that's Dude, a big sacrifice, Like, I got sentenced to New Iberia. Yeah, yeah, Credit yeah. where credit's due, yeah. Before, like, when I was single, before I met my wife, and I would be, like, on the dating apps, mm-hmm. and then, you know, like, Tinder was the first one to start it, but all the other apps went to the swipe thing. 
Yeah, yeah. And like it would usually show where they're from, and it didn't matter how hot the woman was. If it said New Iberia, nope. <laughs> like no fucking way. I don't care how hot she is. I had worked at the port in New Iberia for a little while, and I was like, fuck. I was like, this is just a cracked out town. Because <laughs> I was in the port. So yeah, the port is the not a part. good representation though right, of right. like the mm-hmm. whole town, but uh, that's was just the t- so I was like, oh no, I'll never. But then I met my wife like organically, and now I'm in fucking New Iberia. Nice. Just for a second, I want to dig into this. Where is there like good part? I don't ever spend any time there, and everybody talks shit about it. It's nice now, kind of. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's like, yeah, we've been in my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, I live in a nice neighborhood. Mm -hmm. For sure. I live like next to Squirrel Run. Like, a lot of people know about Squirrel Run. Yeah. I live like there's, uh, I live my neighbor. There's Squirrel Run, and there's Jane Street, and my neighborhood is on the other side of Jane Street. So it's like, you know how like Canada, because they live above us, they're like not worried. Like they'll talk shit to people because right. we got like a big army. Yeah. It's like I live next to Squirrel Run, <laughs> the neighborhood with the golf course. So they're gonna keep my neighborhood safe yes. to keep the people in Squirrel yeah, Run and the safe. property value. Up. Yeah, I'm Canada. And they're the United States, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Detroit. And like, <laughs> and the, I don't know if you've been to. Um, if you go like check out the downtown mm-hmm. area of New Iberia, it's fucking beautiful down there, dude. Okay. There's a lot of like old time shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They have a great street taco place right next to the high school. Best street tacos you ever yeah, had, yeah. and you can send money to Mexico like directly from there. I love some street <laughs> <tacos>. <laughs> people sending fucking money to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anytime you try to like, like, if you go try to cash your check on Friday at Walmart, that's the only people that used to be there. Western yeah. Union that's money I, back to Mexico. That's when I knew I fucked up. When yeah. you're still in that line in the late 2000s, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need some street tacos. There was this great place I used to set up in Prairieville back when I lived in Baton Rouge, and I would go over there. I have not had good street tacos. Where can where should I go to get some good street tacos? And we drive all the way to New Iberia to get those good ones. I mean, they're hard to find. They got one place off of, uh by the Cox building. Mm-hmm. What's that street called by Cox? Oh, I forget. Shit. But they got a little place there you wouldn't know. No mm-hmm. sign. You got almost got to be Mexican to know yeah, about. It. You like walk in, yeah. nobody speaks English. You got to find those places. Damn, they're gonna be pissed after this podcast. Comes out. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be flooded, man. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of white people. Yeah, there's at least five people that listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> all right, so where can people find you on socials? Actually, I guess if you want to find my comedy on social media, I started a, a TikTok page not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, white Lions comedy, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Facebook page, probably when this podcast comes out, I'm going to delete everyone who I think uh, isn't into my comedy and okay. uh, and turn it into a comedy Facebook page. <laughs> so look for Brock White Lions on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's we'll put about all it. that up on the screen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you've got... So you you are you booked on two different... Um, uh, yeah, Stone Drunk Sober mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge on the 27th. And of December of January, J- January, and, okay, and uh, Ghost Roast in early January, the twenty first 
Okay. Late January, should I say. And that's also in Baton Rouge? No, that one's going to be in uh, at Atmosphere, I believe. Atmosphere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So you got the Atmosphere, and that's February? Sorry, what was the date on that? Both of them are January. January, January. 21st at Atmosphere mm-hmm. and January 27th at the station in Baton Rouge. Okay. All right. Yeah, the Stone Drunk Sober is going to be at Baton Rouge, yeah. And I'm right? team sober, uh, and I expect to win. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, so real quick. Are they not doing a Lafayette Stone Drunk Sober that month since they're doing it in Baton Rouge? I don't know. As far as I know, it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. its own thing. But I don't know. We'd have to ask Jason about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We could just figure out a way to get in touch with them. (laughs) <laughs> all right well you've uh you've been a very uh fun high energy guest to have on the pod but also you've hit, you hit some some real moments so where we could talk about some real shit we don't usually have that usually it's kind of like a lot of one or a lot of the other so this has been an interesting interview uh i feel like i've gotten to know you a little bit more uh i hope that everybody else that's watching feels the same way you know so that's what we kind of hope to give people a little bit of insight into the local talent you know yeah. Yeah. And if I said anything wrong about trans <laughs> or gay people, just put a nice look. You could comment like, hey, Drew, you got this wrong. Actually, this would be nice. I don't it. need no all people typing in all caps and yelling at me for not knowing shit. All let's, right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Drew will be happy if, if there's so, comments, even if it's no, a comment. If I said something wrong, let's open up a discussion yes, about it. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Drew and I will happily don't debate yell, you in the don't comments. Don't fucking yell at me for not knowing shit. <laughs> yeah. And as we all know, when you're really trying to get down to the heart of an issue and really educate somebody, the YouTube comment section is where you yeah, go. Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> All the world's problem. First of all, I don't. That's the worst of all the places to have comments. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Like, I get it's easy on Facebook sometimes because it's like you're just scrolling on Emmy mm-hmm. and it's right there. It's so yeah. easy to make a comment. If you, I can never imagine watching a video on YouTube and, then and being leaving like, a I gotta let somebody know. <laughs> yeah, me either. Like, I can't watch... Before we start this next video, I gotta go on the record about uh, this video. <laughs> that is a good point, because, I like, the whole YouTube thing is to just keep you engaged. Yes. Or, like, a TikTok, you know? Like, it's just... It's just it's designed, purpose-built to keep you just Like, watching. I've never even watched a video... Like, it, when have you ever watched a video be like, man, that was good? Let's go check... <laughs> Let's go see what the comments say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Never. Never. Exactly. It's like, what would you rather do? Sit here and type out a comment and have to fucking proofread it or watch another cool yeah. video? Yeah. I was like, that video sucked. Watch a better video. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you have the whole fucking, all, the whole world's information at your fingertips. You can watch, do anything in the world you want right now. Just do something better. Uh, now, I will say this. You, uh, y'all missed Aliens. I don't know if y'all gave up on that bit or what. Uh, I just haven't. <laughs> we spent a lot more time on gay this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for some reason. Maybe we could do like a Galeans, uh, a gay alien. <laughs> yeah. like a special episode I where feel it's like just gay aliens. Aliens yeah. have 100% transgender, like, uh, 
trans past gender, transcended gender. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They had to have. See, yeah. that's why Christians. Yeah, like aliens, if they listen to this podcast, they would roll their eyes. Yes. And, and Christians are, don't understand transgenders and stuff like that. Do they think God's up there with like a beard and a Bud Light or not a Bud Light, a Miller Light? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the really. You got to be intergender yeah. for sure. God's yeah. like, hey. God's a Miller White man now. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather drink fucking cat piss. Yeah, than... yeah, yeah. Well, with that, you guys keep plugging away at it. We'll see you next week. <laughs>